0: Welcome to day 339 of Shaped by the Word, season two The Drama of Scripture. I'm Katie, here with Matt and David, and um, we are following Paul as he sets sail to get to Rome. Um, Up till now, he's been having to present um, just an account, a testimony um, against many people, uh, the accusations that have been brought against him by the Jews, standing before many leaders, and sharing his testimony. And now he has, um, right at the end of this last chapter that we covered yesterday, he has appealed to Caesar and Agrippa says this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Um, his innocence is, it's, we're aware of it. Um, but we are going to Rome with him. And, um, today we'll be reading all about, um, the on the way to rome because it takes a while for him to get there so before we um read chapter 27 why don't we take a moment and come before the lord and um and just recognize that this is god's word and it's not just words on a page but um it's his it's the spirit actively at work um through it so matt would you um pray for us this morning yeah let's
1: pray Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the transformation that it brings us every, every time we open it and read it and um, and behold you through it. And so, Father, as we gather as your people, um, thank you for the technology that enables uh, this to happen, to to be able to read in the same place together as your your body, to be um, built up in you. And so, Father, we, we ask that you would do just that. Give us wisdom as we read. Help us to, to behold wonderful things in your word. and. And Father, draw near to us as we draw near to you. Um, thank you that you are the one who, um, who gives wisdom. You are the one who brings understanding. Um, so help us to, to see and to hear, um, to understand and perceive. Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 27. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius, who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. We boarded a ship from Andromidium, about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia, and we put out to sea. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. The next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so they might provide for his needs. From there we put out to sea again and passed to the Lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. When we had sailed across the open sea off the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we landed at Myra and Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Snidus. When the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the Lee of Crete, opposite Salmon. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Havens, near the town of Lycia. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous, because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo, and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix, and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island, The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure, so the men hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day, they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss, but now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I Have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when about midnight the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last fourteen days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food, you haven't eaten anything, Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land but they saw a bay with a sandy beach, where they decided to run the ship aground if they could, cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea, and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow st- stuck fast and would not move. Sorry, the bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Wow. That is so detailed. And of course it's detailed because Luke was there. Luke is a detailed man. He's a a
2: terrible two weeks. (laughs) He's a detailed (laughs)
0: writer. We know that, but he is also present in all of this. So we get his um, firsthand account and a lot happens. Um, We see the sovereignty of God. Um, We see um, him encouraging Paul, who then encourages the men on board, um, we also see some men um, not trusting that that is a true message and not trusting that um, that will happen, that every person will be saved um, and taking it into their own hands. So very interesting story. We're not in Rome yet, but um, we do see the hand of God. So what what do you all see in this?
2: I mean, one thing I think is kind of cool is we saw, the, you know, in the reading the other day where Paul gets in these tough spots and, and the Lord shows up and says, Hey, you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you there. And I think sometimes we think like, man, that'd be kind of like reassuring to have something like that happen. But yet it kind of has happened. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like whatever we're going through, whatever we're dealing with, we're going to get there and it's going to be okay one day. And, and so the same comfort that we see Paul living in and resting in is a present day comfort we can have as well. that, It might not go according to plan. I mean, this is a mess. This is a huge Mm -hmm. debacle. Uh, Just slowed down everyone's schedule, right? Mm -hmm. Yet they're being faithful to the Lord. He's faithful to them and he's gonna get them home. And one day we will be home as well. And so I just, Mm -hmm. I was even thinking as I was reading that, man, that'd be nice if sometimes the Lord would just tell me like, hey, guess what? (laughs) You're gonna, but he has, and we do have that assurance. And yet we don't have to think about it, but it is there for us to hold on to in the good times and then the two weeks of misery yeah, like what these guys are going through I can't even imagine
0: well it makes me what you're saying it makes me think of what is it Matt Philippians 1 when um, the, he who began a good work and you will yeah. bring it care to, to carry it to completion yeah. to the day of Christ Jesus he that's another promise that and that's that's Paul's writing so he's experienced it and um, he's experiencing it here and we get to experience it as well and be encouraged by that
1: yeah Yeah, the amount of details in this passage is pretty remarkable. Even, you know, how it begins with, you know, Luke pointing out much time had um, been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because it was now, uh, because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. You know, so we're in the fall, and the fall around the Mediterranean was not a safe time to travel. I mean, you get this wind he calls the the northeaster, you know, which would have been a common wind that is super violent, and it just brings on these storms kind of out of nowhere. And, and we live, I mean, we're not like sailing people, you know, and our boats are pretty <laughs> substantial boats, you know, these days. But you know, if if you would have been in this culture, this context and around the sea, you, know, you, you would have known that, man, the, that when storms hit, they are super dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so just to watch the sustaining hand of the Lord, um, not just, you know, one of the things that's, that's fascinating, not just on Paul, but also on those who are associated with Paul, you know by by Paul's presence, so God mediates his kind of sustaining grace mm-hmm. towards this whole ship through Paul and through response to Paul. Um, and, and even just so much so talking about details towards the end, it says the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to be, prevent any of them from sw- swimming away and escaping, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life. Mm-hmm. You know, as we read that, yeah, the back of our minds, we should see, yeah, the centurion is the one who decides to spare Paul's life. But behind it, we know who causes the centurion to have that desire to spare sure. Paul's life. You know, because Paul must get to to Rome. Mm-hmm. God has something in store for Paul to still fulfill. And so, just these details are, are pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I, <laughs> you know, this is a hard ministry for Paul. It's mm-hmm. not. He's he's going to get to Rome, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, and, and along the way, he has to continue to trust. You know, in in the sovereignty of god the goodness of god the faithfulness of god yeah. and you see him doing that and then calling other people to trust that as well
0: if anyone ever had an excuse to just be selfish like i feel like these two weeks would be a chance for paul to just be like you know what i am just like i'm done this is this is awful and but no we see him we see god at work through him i kind of wonder what the journey, what kind of spiritual journey the centurion went on those those two weeks, because he started by not believing Paul at all and taking things into his own hands. And then at the end wanting to save spare Paul's life. And so and of course we see such a great I told you so moment from Paul when he's like, I said hey, that told but, you should have done this. Um, however. But we're out of time. But tomorrow we get to um continue to follow along with Paul and see him finally arriving at Rome and, um, what a journey it's been for him. But, um, let me pray and, and close us out today. Father, thank you for your sovereign hand. Thank you that we can see your hand at work here, um, in this story and, and what you did, um, with Paul and all of these prisoners and soldiers. Um, but God, that, that you continue to show us your hand in our lives as well, Um, And even if we're not being shipwrecked, um, God, that there is a real enemy, an enemy of our hearts. And um, would you help us to depend on you and to come to you um, for hope and encouragement and for your sustaining grace um, that will carry us to the day of, um, to to the end, to the very end of the age. You're good. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.